back to A Dark Tale. If this is your first time listening, or just because you forgot since it's been so long, my name's James, and with me always is Joe. How you doing? Hey, what's up, man? Not much. Uh, we're talking jargon today. Jargon. <laughs> yeah, we thought we'd discuss uh, a few different things. Some news, and we wanted to throw around just some different terminology and uh, wanted to compare a few things. So. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, you wanted to talk about... Yeah, when you when you just pitched this idea, you just wanted to have a general discussion about some terms like sociopath and psychopath specifically. Yeah, yeah. I've been uh, watching a lot of James Fallon on YouTube, <laughs> so my little fascination with him started uh, after you told me about his book, The Psychopath Inside. The, the Psychopath Inside. Yeah, I haven't started reading it yet, but based on your you know your overview of it it's it sounds interesting and based on what he's been going around saying for the last couple of years is something to uh it 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 definitely begs the question of wait so let's let's back up james fallon being a neuroscientist who wrote a book called the psychopath inside right he's a neuroscientist at the university of california and the last couple of years he's been studying behavioral sciences yeah and what I've been fascinated with is his analysis of a psychopath. And it just got me thinking, what's the actual difference between a sociopath and a psychopath? Because the two terms get thrown around a lot, especially yeah. nowadays with the true crime wave hitting the mainstream media through yeah. all the streaming services and even cable and HBO. Yeah, and all there, that there's a lot, of, a lot of words just thrown around casually, even day to day. And then if you try to look more into the psychology aspect of it, basically, if you, if you had any psychology class at all, then you'll know, like, oh, a lot of these terms are bullshit or inaccurate. Yeah, we're going to be looking at these terms. And if you start to look into the the actual psychology, yeah, uh, then you'll find that there's way more technical terms involved with certain behaviors and... Usually that leads to like an umbrella of more knowledge and then suddenly you're reading and then you, before you know it, you have a freaking PhD because you had to read so much. But there's it, it gets way more complex than you ever really thought. Oh, absolutely. Um, the mind is to just something boil it to, down, yeah. Yeah, to, to boil it down to a couple of terms and diagnoses yeah. is something that's really hard to do. And something that took me by surprise was what you told me before we started recording that a sociopath and a psychopath aren't actually medical terms. Someone can't be diagnosed a sociopath. Right. That's um yeah, I think that's the fir first and foremost thing you'll hear you'll be you, you will hear it be cleared up if you listen to any podcast or try to research this is is that the word sociopath and psychopath are not medical terms in really any regard. You don't call a patient that and that's not really something doctors like consider. Uh, it's again, not a formal diagnosis. No, not a formal diagnosis, and it's it 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 has socially like people tend to understand what these terms mean. They they kind of like describe more extreme it's cases. It's a way of describing, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so so there is a common understanding, and that's kind of how we we use the word. But but, but no, I don't think people it, when they do use them, I think the umbrella terms themselves get misconstrued because yeah. there's a lot of similarities between them, but also there are a few differences 
that would make one mm-hmm. or where someone would fall under that umbrella term. Yeah. When when medical speech gets can uh, introduced into everyday vernacular, then there's all sorts of uh, incorrect usages and just straight up malapropisms and different like uh, people say OCD. I have OCD for everything, you know. Yeah. Like you know, um, but it kind of becomes everyday speech anyway. Even like we say, I'm dumb. I think dumb at one point was was a medical term. Probably. Like, it, like, <laughs> probably way back when. Yeah. This person's a dullard. Yeah. <laughs> but um, how do you define sociopath, psychopath? Let's just stick to those ter- two terms for now. How do you define them when you're talking about them? When I'm talking about yeah. them, I'm talking about when I when I think of a sociopath, immediately comes to mind is like somebody like a gangster. And when I say a gangster, I mean somebody who is controlling and manipulative. Organized. But, Mm, not yeah organized to an extent but he's also these people have a lot of people around them that are doing most of the work the higher-ups aren't really so a sociopath is only one of an organization mm-hmm. in, in is how you picture him see I or think is that I'm, just how I, I, I think I'm getting confused myself even <laughs> in 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 the definition because Technically, a, a psychopath is someone that is more self-controlled and, and calculating and a, a, someone classified with sociopathic tendencies would be more irresponsible and impulsive. So I guess when I think of an... It, it, it's hard to pin down for me. For me. For, for your hard, own image of it? Exactly. It's hard to clarify where you would pin someone down as a sociopath or a psychopath and that's why I kind of wanted to have this discussion because I think there's analysis from both ends of the spectrum like some psychology itself is a little um, um, academics of harder sciences may not even consider it a science so to say you know Um, it's hard to replicate experiments uh, when it comes to psychological profiles it's hard to uh, pin down what makes a person a person, right? And then we, right. any, anytime you have a system, anytime you set up a system, there's going to be outliers. Outliers. Yeah, yeah. I think it. Why it's so hard for me to define when you ask me that question? Why? What defines a sociopath for me? Because I've looked up so much and I've been fed so much information. I don't know what's what myself. Some experts believe that a sociopath is somewhat of a learned behavior uh, yeah meaning there's some sort of previous trauma most likely mm-hmm. in childhood and it's developed by environment and things of that nature but that also can define a psychopath right to an and, extent. and well the, all and that's what i'm getting to for me is is that all the i kind of i don't really i don't know how i feel about psychology as a whole personally but looking at personality disorders and things like that, I feel like kind of covers it. So when talking about sociopaths and psychopaths, I I also consider it people who have uh, met a certain criteria between maybe their upbringing and and patterns of behavior across their life and um, things like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to put, to to grab one example because because of the definitions that I've read 
not definitions, but examples that I've read. And I don't know. I mean, what? Let me ask you the same question. What do you think of when you think of a sociopath? A sociopath, I I picture as somebody, um, usually suffering from some sort of personality disorder. You like we're gonna. I think we're gonna get into more of that into detail, more into detail into that. But someone who Yeah, it is difficult. It is. When you really think about it, it's hard to... I don't... Um, I think it's someone who continually rejects. Well, sociopaths have more of an emotional advantage when it comes to that sort of thing, when it comes to developing relationships. Although it might be really hard for a sociopath to get close to a, a significant other or an interpersonal relationship it's possible for them to do it while a psychopath can't really can't really do that i i guess for me it's somebody who leans in on their lack of empathy a sociopath yeah as someone who that they are truly devoid of that but i thought they have empathy whereas a psychopath lacks empathy and is detached uh well that's, that's what i mean we're still having trouble defining our own terms before we got to get on the same page there before we well continue this is this is what the episode is. Antisocial, I mean, uh, uh, the DSM, the Diagnostic, what is it? Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. That's the, the modern day Bible of psychology. Okay. Um, how it defines personality disorders is it's um, described as a mental disorder that's characterized by, a maladapt by maladaptive patterns uh, exhibited across different contexts that deviate from the person's uh, normal culture. So... That's a lot to unpack. Yeah, so maladaptive patterns. Um, somebody who kind of grew up in a shitty situation, maybe there's a lot, just a lot of kid, like, you know, a lot of kids running around and no supervision at all. Maybe, Single parent. Yeah, maybe, or whatever. Maybe this person just kind of learned more underhanded techniques of how to get treats, you know, and it's just little things that kind of build on that. Now, if this person who who started this pattern this maladaptive pattern of social yeah. behavior uh was also somebody who happened to be genetically more predisposed to or towards this kind of line of thinking and this behavior then maybe 30 years down the road you can call that person a sociopath if they continue to lean in on that behavior and that lack of empathy and all that I think somebody can have antisocial personality disorder or whatever or any of this and live a completely normal life because I, I think most do. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, it's not a marker for any... any it is kind of a marker for uh, shitty behavior, but... Uh, it's not a markup for it, shitty behavior, but not I necessarily think... violent. I should say, like explicit, not not explicitly violent. Like, so we we we're going to talk about serial killers, and we talk about the the worst kinds of people, who I personally believe the moniker so so uh, psychopath should be reserved for, um, but not all these people who feel this way are like that. And in fact, it's kind of hard to even diagnose a single uh, uh, personality disorder towards anybody. You know, people just exhibit traits. And right. and realistically, if you read through all the traits for all of them, we all exhibit them at some time or another, you know? That's fair to say because, yeah, yeah. I mean, our environment changes. Our environment you know? changes. And, and if you don't adapt, it can be toxic. Yeah, and well, it just, I mean, in the 
and it's the, those behaviors when they become so in involved in that person's personality, their life, like it's, it's everything they do is kind of like is rooted from this kind of behavior. Then that's, that's how you would say that part. That's a disorder at that point. Right. And I think all this, both of these psychopathy and sociopathy, they definitely stem from an antisocial personality. Yeah. So antisocial personality disorder being the personality disorder that it, it somebody it's of somebody who disregards the rights of others they they basically have no concept of their feelings or things like that it's it's yeah so on that point people hear anti another that's another thing people hear antisocial and they think that means like the introverted uh hood overhead kind of guy when really antisocial means literally like against human behavior like exactly. antisocial and to that point James Fallon has a theory that there's an overload of serotonin during pregnancy. And because of that, after birth, that individual can't uh, really, is detached, is can't really have any right. empathy with human feelings because of this serotonin overload in utero. Well, he proposes that, right? Like it's that's like a, a positive. That's, that's his, yeah. theory. his, that's his, his theory. Yeah, his, his book has a lot of that. And it's like... It's it's mostly like propositions. Well, it's like the it's a, it's a thinking it, well, point. Yeah, I, I'll have to reread it myself. I completely lost my copy. I think in, in when I moved back here. But oh, you got to go digital, man. I guess, but I like having the books too. Um, but it definitely goes over this stuff, and it goes and he talks about uh, down to the genetic level. I think it's like yeah. the M A O I gene or something yeah, like he that. Has, he has a, uh, a I mean a whole litany of terms and theories to go through yeah way more well-based but um but even then it's all just kind of like a possibility so his whole thing started with brain scans right so yeah well he was doing brains he was asked to do brain scans on criminals right and then somehow or another he got around to doing his entire family Mm -hmm. and he thought his personal scan got mixed up with criminal scan and apparently that's where he discovered he was exhibiting a psychopath yeah. his, his brain, brain yeah his brain his brain he had a psychopathic brain uh meaning his his frontal cortex the the or is it the prefrontal cortex i think it's prefrontal cortex above the yeah uh, behind your eyes exactly the frontal yeah. most part of the brain is uh that's that's in charge of decision making and judgment calls and things like that so his was it just looked to be more underdeveloped which for psychopaths and or you know those of the criminally criminal nature exactly yeah. they had a similar brain scan so he uses that as kind of like a leg on the t- i think he even describes the metaphor as like a table whereas like one of the legs is like a, 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 a brain makeup the other leg being genetic and the other leg being environments and things like that right so he describes all that stuff and he uses it as a bouncing off point to describe the nature of psychopaths and things like that. So that's yeah, really interesting. It is interesting to to listen to and to read. Uh, like I said, I haven't read him yet, but I've I've been listening to a lot of his his yeah, talks. Yeah, he's, he's an interesting guy. Just in yeah, general. his TED talk was interesting. So if you have a chance, check that out. And uh, I I think I don't know if it's in his TED talk, but he reveals that his uh, cousin or well his his distant cousin is lizzie borden and his his book mentions hanging out with george carlin too 
like he was like a family friend or some shit. I don't, he name drops a couple people in the Does beginning. He? Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. he might just be an asshole. I'm not sure. <laughs> so for shit, I mean, then there's the, 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 then there's the narcissist. I mean, all these, all these, um, it's all egocentric. Absolutely, narcissism. I think is is key in yeah. is in deciding which way the needle will point with yeah. a psychopath slash sociopath mm-hmm. absolutely in more in uh, a couple of ways I, in fact but i think you're always <clears throat> going to have a mixture of the two in the worst case like at like a ted bundy mm-hmm. i think he's a definite combination of both yeah the most extreme in cases are are clear examples of of both in, in some cases right um ted bundy being that he he perpetuated delusions and he was weirdly full of himself even when people could see right through him he could he could just put on this guise that he's like i don't know what you're talking about like it's just like it's nothing have you ever gotten in trouble as a kid and and just totally tried to play it off yeah like you didn't do anything wrong yeah but i i, I can never deny reality like I there's think, always something inside you yeah, that tells I, you like, like I think yo you're full of shit. Yeah, exactly. Like if I were somehow if I were Ted Bundy, like there'd be at a certain point where I'd like at my third court case I'd be like, "Ah, fuck it, you guys got me." <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm tired, you're tired. Let's go home. <laughs> I I would just get tired of the facade. I can't I can't lie for too long. That's why I never got away with anything. <laughs> Terrible liar. Um yeah. I'm proud to be a bad liar. Yeah, that's what a good liar would like us to believe. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, I'm a bad liar from the gate. So uh-huh. you'd be you'd be calling me out right now if I'd be bull- <laughs> if I was bullshitting. Where uh, we kind of we kind of scattered ourselves. Where where should we realign? Um, well, I think we. Uh, oh, can I uh, going back to the brain real quick? Yeah. Um, since we talked, we mentioned how James Fallon he his brain scan was similar to that of psychopaths or whatever whatever have you uh because of the underdeveloped <clears throat> excuse me prefrontal cortex right so yeah. have your studies or travels have you uh i'm sure you've heard about phineas gage no no well let me tell you the story about phineas gage i don't know his full story so i'm going to give you the cliff notes because that's what this podcast is it's the cliff notes on the cliff notes and half of that's inaccurate um damn <laughs> yeah got Just him lost a lot of listeners <laughs> no we didn't we got we got four more. I'd held up two fingers while I said that. <laughs> Phineas Gage uh, is this guy. I can't even tell you the year, man. Damn terrible, it. terrible. But anyway, should we Google it? Yeah, sure, Google it. But the Let's long and short of it is that a railroad spike went through his face. That that's never good. No. How do you spell his name? Uh, P H I N E A S. Yeah, similar to Phineas and Ferb. The first thing that comes up on Google after Phineas Gage is Phineas Gage skull. Well, yeah, railroad spike went through his face. He lived. So that's this is the crazy part. Of course he did. His name's Phineas. Why wouldn't he live? Phineas. He's, he's an American right there, construction right foreman. James is wrecking the entire studio. Yeah, right there. You see the the illustration of where the spike that went was. through his head? So anyway, this spike goes through his head and he lives. Uh people Holy who, shit. People who know Phineas uh, afterwards say that there was a, a distinct change in his behavior after his accident. I would think so. And uh, they went on record saying that he turned into a huge douchebag. 
and beforehand he was what was I think he was just a jolly old fellow, but he turned he turned into a douchebag. So what happened was you know what I don't I don't blame him. No, I'd I'd be a little pissed off too if I if a railroad spike went through my head in eighteen whatever the fuck year spike. Yeah, that's got to be what four foot. Here I am with my they took it they took out my skull. I'm just holding my skull next to. They gave yeah, me, what is this? Why is this? Why is he holding his skull? <laughs> they gave this, me. They gave me in some new bones. I'm much better now. All right, we we got to get this. This is going to be well, a story in itself. Right, well, click him. So, oh yeah, 1800s. But uh, no, after after his accident, there was a huge change in his behavior and kind of this. I think this is either how we figured out that the frontal lobe was uh was very much tied to a person's behavior and their. Effect. Okay. Yeah. So Phineas P. Gage was an American railroad construction foreman remembered for his improbable survival of an accident in which a large iron rod was driven completely through his head, destroying much of his brain's left frontal lobe. And for that injuries reported effects on his personality and behavior over the remaining 12 years of his life. Effects sufficiently profound for at least at a time that friends saw him at as no longer no longer gauge so he was like a completely different person yeah i guess when uh, a giant iron rod goes through your brain <laughs> his constant things change so for he you. just he literally carried that spike around forever he's 36 when he died died from what a seizure yeah 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 status epilepticus so yeah i mean he had some brain that's issues. interesting mm-hmm. that's uh, um, a nice little story to throw in there if you have a chance, everybody, check out Phineas Gage. That's a that's a pretty interesting uh, Wikipedia read. So this is so, one of the biggest examples of of those with a damaged prefrontal cortex. That's a that's a extreme ex- case. Yeah, it's extreme, but it's also a clear example. In terms example. of physical trauma. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't go out killing people, but no, but he was no longer Gage. He was no longer Gage. Um, narcissism. We didn't. We didn't. Uh, we only touched on that. It being a totally egocentric mindset. Yeah. Oh, right. Um, something about uh, narcissistic personality disorder specifically is uh, is also like kind of like a need for admiration and and you need to bolster yourself up. Yeah. A lot of those people have very fragile egos, and that's kind of why they need that constant reinforcement. And it's they need. Constant reinforcement only from certain outlets. Well, I mean, it could be all sorts of things. I, even people who legitimately um, attain high status in life may have just been doing so because their drive came from this yeah. nar- narcissistic yet fragile place. Right. Um, I think there's a lot of insecurity in, in people who who think like this all the time. Yeah, that drive comes from a need to please and a need to well uh, not just a need to please but a need to succeed and uh by others stand it's, by, a, it's by an overachiever metrics. yeah a o- lot of times metrics maybe um they can have they can have a lack of empathy as well sure they might um perce- i don't i don't know that it's lack of empathy more so that it's they they want that they're more concerned with empathy for themselves yeah, right, exactly. They know what empathy feels they're like. That's why they're one. more selfish right. with that Right, in fact, there's feeling. a caveat in specifically for NPD, narcissistic personality disorder, is uh, a lack of empathy, either real or perceived. So even the person may think they 
are a sociopath and lack empathy and are this cold-blooded badass, but they're not. They're a fragile shell. Per- yeah, shell. Like right. And they're they, they don't know how to yeah aka grow and, mentally yeah look up any any video on what's you know just you're trying to uh, quickly gather references for what's the difference between a psychopath and a sociopath and you'll find all sorts of weird videos on YouTube which are like colorfully animated and they go well what's the difference between a sociopath and a psychopath <laughs> and it's like super weird like you're like yeah. who are they marketing to and it's kind of like robotic voice yeah and yeah. then and then he got youtube comments like i'm pretty sure i'm a psychopath <laughs> no you're not you just got to go outside more buddy that's all <laughs> that's all communicate yeah make human contact yeah you're you're not feeling empathy because you never really practiced <laughs> yeah that's it and well, for a lot of I, yeah, I, for a lot of people, and they after, fall the into that. Div, after the digital revolution, I'm sure there was a major spike in that. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, it's hard. I, to, you when know, you, no, you go in dark places. I'll admit, I've been there. I've been, I've been. In everybody has. Everybody you does. Know, I think I, everybody goes through a point in their life, in their life, where they they're in a really dark spot yeah. for a while. Yeah, it may take years to to come out of that and never fully recover Mm -hmm. and uh that's subjective to each individual but as long as you're you're trying to better yourself that's all that matters yeah and a sociopath specifically or a psychopath i don't think is somebody who would it's somebody as i said i I said in the beginning somebody who kind of leans into these behaviors right and even begins to rely on them right um and you're right about about seeking help I mean, I don't think a psychopath would ever. No, first, they, you have to. They tend the not first to. step in fixing the problem is admitting you have one. Yeah, they were, yeah, someone who the ego is too big there. Right, or they, it's just they wouldn't see it as a problem. Like it's exactly. Yeah, it's just it's just not even like an ego thing. Like, uh, well, yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, because is. the ego is so large and their head is so big, you know, they don't see what they do. It's, right. While that's, simultaneously that's missing the bigger picture. Exactly. But to uh, back to your original question where we started, what's the first thing to, you think of when you hear sociopath? It's, it, it really is just tough to give an example or two because it the two terms really intertwine. And I guess that's why they get thrown around and confused a lot. If I'm just If I'm putting just the most simplistic boxes out there, I would say people with personality disorders and such or all sorts of adjustment disorders i guess it's actually called adjustment disorders um those are all sorts of just normal people i consider of, of all sorts of uh, across a wide spectrum of behaviors and patterns and maybe they do some awful things but whatever um a sociopath is somebody who has no empathy um doesn't really care to try and uses that to kind of maneuver the world. And a psychopath is someone who completely disregards any sense of convention regarding morals or society standards, and they have the ability to do so because they have no empathy or... I agree with what you're saying about so that's, the that's psychopath. Just, that's just how I kind of am but I have to, But I have to sway, not sway your opinion, but I, I kind of disagree with you about what you're saying. As far as empathy in terms of a sociopath, I think a socio- sociopath can have some sense of feeling and empathy. Yes. But 
I'm I'm painting I'm painting very broad strokes. As am I, because I'm not totally educated in any of this. I mean, it's just something I'm researching. But I think they can form relationships. It may be really hard, but it's doable for them when yeah. it comes to empathy and for a sociopath. Yeah. 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 I think. Yeah. Whereas the psychopath, it's it's near impossible because they're so in so detached yeah but again i don't think you're going to find anybody that has all the character characteristics of a of a psychopath that is missing characteristics of a sociopath so again right. if, if like it's I, like venn diagrams like they yeah, overlap they, they really overlap there's a lot of gray i think yeah um I think they best describe characters, you know. I am the one who kind of references the, the pop culture a lot, but when we have movie villains and and these characters who are kind of written to inhabit the worst traits a human can have, that's a psychopath. There's a couple of people who have really existed who are like that, but Osama bin Laden. Osama bin Laden, yeah, you're uh, Saddam Hussein. Any any kind of dictator. You're Gacy. I mean, Gacy. Even uh, Gaddafi. Yeah. I mean, if we could Chaney's. use it, these are these are extreme examples of the world. Who? Cheney. Cheney. Oh hell yeah. We don't want to go political now. Oh oh, but we can we can name Osama. <laughs> That's a totally different podcast. And I need uh, a lot of. Um, Which one is Trump? <laughs> oh God! I think he's in, not he's in a category uh, uh, of itself. I mean, I'm not going to get like Hardly. I said. I mean, we're uh, not going to get yeah, in, without... into any political discussion right now. Other than this is actually a good segue, except he actually does kind of meet the exact criteria for antisocial personality disorder. But you know, whatever. That's what I mean. I, mean, <laughs> I, I don't want to falter anybody's political views. But that was a good segue into uh, something that's been into in the news. I know I said I want to get political, but recently, after five years, the Eric Garner situation in the Department of Justice has been handed down with the decision not to indict Officer Daniel Pantaleo. And um, we have a clip. Let's just... Uh, take a second and pull this up and this is Eric Gardner's daughter one of his daughters reaction to um, the decision made by the Department of Justice Obviously, you can tell she's extremely emotional. Um, this this video clip uh, is from an NBC affiliate. Cameras are rolling, but they're not expecting anyone, obviously, to come out. So everyone's scrambling to get their microphones and, and cameras. And she's, she's screaming and very emotional for three minutes about how the Department of Justice 
uh, chose not to indict this officer after murdering Eric Garner. It was ruled a homicide, and um, you can slice it any way you like, but when, when you right. have a homicide ruled legally, that it's is murder. the definition of murder. Yeah, so he's getting away with murder. Any way you slice it. I'm not, I'm not even, without taking a stance on it, I'm saying he got, he's getting away with murder. For now. I mean, there's still a pending civil court case where, uh, I believe it'll be wrapped up at the end of the month, maybe the end of next month. Um, as of now, we're recording in the middle of July. So hopefully by the end of this month or the end of August, there will be a final decision on whether this man will be, uh, an officer as of now he's on desk duty I mean, he's been on desk duty the past five years and um it's an it's an embarrassment to the state of new york the new nypd and to to the federal government itself this ultimately falls into the hands of the attorney general yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't say it's an embarrassment on the federal government at all i'd say it's right up the federal government's alley and and totally in line with our history honestly Unfortunately, you're right. Yeah, that's not. It's there's nothing embarrassing. I mean, it. it yeah, it's yeah. Totally embarrassing. Yes, it, it's embarrassing, but uh, it's not surprising. Is what I mean to say. Is that's is, that's what's sad. It's not surprising. This fucking sucks. It's terrible. I'm really pissed off to hear about this. And, and I mean that clip with with uh, Eric Gardner's daughter. That's a three minute clip. I cut it down, obviously, but. She goes on. She's on the sidewalk of the courthouse. I can't imagine what she must feel. Well, uh, like if you listen to her, I mean, she lost her father, obviously, at the hands of the NYPD. And her sister, while fighting for justice for her father, had a heart attack and passed away. So uh -huh. in the midst of all of this, this young woman has lost a sister and her father. And after the decision not to do anything with this man came down she she stormed out of the courthouse and uh you know she let her emotions fly and i think she had every right to say everything that she said and um it's just a shame it went down that way yeah i think um yeah i'm just uh it just pisses me off because uh i mean it was ruled as a homicide so i can't get mad at the at the ruling he denied it like He's uh, even if it were an accident, even if this didn't happen all the time, even if this, even if he didn't say I can't breathe eleven times, and then even if he didn't deny, you know, yeah, God, it's just why can't somebody just take accountability? Why can't even he just say, "Wow, I fucked up. Um, I shouldn't be like." Just, and you know what? That would set some precedent. Yeah, but no, for who it, in the right mind would ever say would admit to it would admit fucking up a man would a man would that's who a real blue-blooded fucking cop would but hiding behind a system which also, is guaranteed to take your side also i don't you know i've heard so much about this chokehold and whether it's illegal or not i know <laughs> i'm dating myself here a little bit but I know back during the O.J. Simpson trial that they brought 
Mark Furman on the stand and that revealed a racist history and he made a comment about you know later on he made a comment in some sort of OJ special that the reason Rodney King got what he got back in 1992 is because LAPD officers were not allowed to use the chokehold anymore so they yeah, that's beat the shit out of Rodney King it's Granted, like, he was speeding and running from the cops and all that stuff. Yeah, but sure, they beat the shit out of him for like three and a half minutes, and it's all on tape. Now, right, right. cut to present day. Eric Gardner, well, five years ago now. Yeah, well, two thousand. Cut to two thousand fourteen. Eric Garner may or may not have been selling loose cigarettes. This cop tells, he lies and says that he he, he was selling. He had over a thousand loose cigarettes from uh, untaxed packs of cigarettes. You said that's Eric? This is no, this is what the cop said. Okay. He was selling single cigarettes from without tax stamps on them. Okay. And he said he had thousands of them, which is a total lie. He had at most 100 and yeah, okay, it's illegal, but whatever. It's not a uh, executionable offense. Yeah, it's a hustle. It's a hustle you, you for it. an extra buck. You, you just take them in yeah. if you have to. For you, you it's, don't it's take a, them. You don't even take them in. Not, I don't not think. even really. I think you write him a ticket at most. Take his cigarettes and yeah. peace. Yeah, That's yeah, it. That's, well, Have a nice day. Care. Go get your fucking cup of coffee and move on. But you don't need to take a guy down in a chokehold. I mean. This guy, this guy wasn't going to run. I mean, he wasn't going to try and fight. And you do when you have nothing else in your life validating what a man you are than how you took down that guy at work. Now, <laughs> my question is, based on what we were talking about earlier, uh -huh. we don't know. I mean, I didn't look into this cop's history, his you know, family life or whatever. I didn't look into any of that. But... Just based on this incident alone, what do you classify? Where do you think he falls? I yeah, I don't know anything about the cop beyond what happened. I so, mean, that's a power move, man. Yeah, I think um, I I wouldn't go as far as to call him a sociopath or a psychopath on any account. Uh, the fact that Eric was saying I can't breathe repeatedly while he was choking him, uh, and he had all the other cops with him. It's a whole other discussion about. Use of force. Use and, of force, which, yeah. I mean, you don't need that. I, I, I you know don't cops... Need, you don't need have, the choke at all. Um, I, no, I'll have to rewatch... I don't really want to, but I'll have to rewatch the video and see how it got to that point. But, well, I, I know they went to... You know, they, they stepped up to him about selling loose cigarettes, and I think they went to detain him and put him in handcuffs, yeah. and Eric kind of pulled his arm away, yeah. which, you know... Never that's a good idea, they, but well, yeah, no, but there's ways of. But that's how it. Somebody. That's how the incident kind of sparked, and okay. that's where it got. Yeah, you don't choke somebody out, you know. Like that's not. He knew. I, you know what you're doing. Like he's executing a chokehold. Like yeah, on purpose. I mean, from what I can tell, from what I've read, Eric pulls his arm away, which it only takes a couple of seconds to. Exactly, and in that, immediately following that action, Officer Pantaleo then throws his arm around Garner's neck and takes him to the ground, and then 
that's when it, it really, really goes south really fast. So he it, brought him down with the chokehold? He, yeah, I mean, think about it. I'm coming up. Yeah, so he's I, I'm behind he's you placing cuffs. So he's doing everything wrong from the beginning. Well, I They're mean. are not supposed to do that. No, but and when someone, now think of it from a, a cop's perspective. Okay. You have protocol. You're taking in, you're detaining a suspect in handcuffs. And he pulls away from that that action, that yeah. cuffing motion. Something in this cop's brain told him that this guy's going to fight me. I need to take him down now. Okay. I don't know why he thought that, but the immediate reaction to someone pulling away from you as an officer's pers- from an officer's perspective, I'm guessing is I have to act in my best interest for my safety. Then he's poorly trained because that's not how you do it. That's not. I'm not defending him at all. No, I I'm know, just saying, but this is probably how he's defending a his... proper cop should see that situation and have that same stream of thought and then carry it out without killing somebody. Yeah. Especially it, after, you know, he's saying, I can't breathe. There's all sorts of de escalation techniques I, I learned times. a bit too. You take him down at his knees. You have three cops with you. You you don't need to be choking. You don't need to put your arms around anybody's neck. You're right. That's just anybody who's going for that. Like he knew what that move was. He knew what it was. Like that's not that's a de-escalation move, but only if you actually stop. He I, didn't stop. No, he didn't stop. And he just wanted to, after I don't know, seven I, minutes waiting for the ambulance. I think he wanted this to guy win. was unconscious for for seven minutes. Yeah. They didn't try to try any CPR or anything. It's complete conjecture, but I just think he wanted to win. I don't know what that meant in his mind, but I just think he wanted to win right then and there. I don't know. <clears throat> I I just it's, it's annoying to me because the, these are we we're constantly seeing from position people in trusted positions who are just betraying our trust constantly and nothing is happening and we're just getting so tired yeah people are getting yeah. tired of it yeah there's a there's a lot of things and, like and she r kelly jeffrey epstein yeah all this shit this is all current r. events kelly only got caught because his money dried up and all the people who were staying silent for all these fucking years turned on him like they're like oh that that ship has sailed like the all these people. I don't know. I don't I, I think I think there's more to that than money. I think a lot of women felt empowered by the, the whole Me Too movement and after Oh absolutely yeah, no, I'm not discounting people's Weinstein testimony or thing. anything like that. But it's oh, just another that thing powerful we, people go by unscathed. Here's it's, another example. Kevin Spacey. As yeah. of now, oh, yeah. no charges. Everything's yeah. dropped. Okay, the the apparently the court the something happened with the court process, they totally botched it. Something, something like that. Unbelievable. So not only that was the was it thrown out of court, but it was thrown out with prejudice, meaning he can't be retried for that. Um, I I mean, you, you, bringing it back to what your question was before about how somebody like this, how they fit on this scale of sociopath, psychopath, even personality disorder. I think in men, a lot of there's a there's a lot of ego 
There's a lot of, and guys specifically. I think there's a lot of ego problems. I think there's a lot of mommy issues. Yeah, well, yeah, that too. But I mean, one, our society, our society, our American society is very ego-centric. It, it reinforces those who are selfish and reinforces those who are, who, who live that way. Um, we tell kids not to, but at the same time, we reinforce those who do. And... What do you mean when you say not to and... Oh, we say be your own person and we teach kid, we try to teach kids to live one life. and But at the same time, we keep propping up the worst kinds of people and letting go the worst behaviors. And reality TV continues to still make buku bucks and, you know, Instagram exists. <laughs> we all just want to look at ourselves. Yeah. Um, but... With men specifically, there's like, I don't know, it's like, um, I guess that's where the whole concept of toxic masculinity comes into play, is, mm. uh, is, is how we... Is, that's a debatable topic. Sure it is, but it's the fact is that men with fragile egos have a tendency to lash out. and I think anybody with a fragile ego... Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, but men, are, men specifically are, are outwardly violent. Whereas women tend to, yeah, I'm speaking generalizations, but women tend to be internal. Yeah, um, yeah, you're or, right about that. Or um, uh, more along the lines of attention-seeking behaviors. Men might not want attention, but I don't know the ways we were. I don't know we're confusing in, in ourselves, but it's the same thing. Like I saw it a lot in the military, and a lot of those people in the military also became cops. And it's just this ego thing. They're, they feel small. We feel small. And we need to feel power over somebody. And we don't think that we feel that, but we do. <laughs> Would you say this is an ego thing, this podcast? A little bit, sure. Yeah, yeah why not? But, yeah. like, it, it's not It's not. It's not necessarily bad. It's not toxic. It's not... It's not I hope it's not. No, I'm, I'm, we're not shouting out super controversial opinions, I think. We're, we're treading mostly tread on ground for the most part we're we're, yeah. we're trying to find our creative outlet that's all if we didn't who knows maybe it would snap <laughs> <laughs> but i mean there's a potential right i mean let's let's not deny that is that um is that within everybody there's that potential and i think yeah i think anybody can be can be a victim to their circumstances I mean, and be, their situation yeah live in a life you feel like you didn't choose one one day, and then the next day you're Chris Watts. Yeah, and yeah. you know what? I think like... some people, not a lot of people, can be a little ungrateful um, for what they do have. Sure. And yeah. Because of that narcissism and mm -hmm. bigger egos, and that will manifest in a way to to right where, where you'll become a Chris Watts. Yeah. There's. They're so far removed from what they actually have that the, they're worried about the grass on the other side. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that he, made he any may have sense. just felt like he, he I, people who don't make active decisions in their lives. I think it's so easy to get sucked into a routine, and as you get older, it's like, oh shit, five years went by. So yeah, we're kind of doing that because we're like, oh wow, time is passing and we're not doing much. Let's 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 have some fun and make some shit. Other people say, oh shit, I haven't made any active decisions. Uh, I'm gonna cheat on my wife. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's probably true. That's probably how it happens yeah, for it, some that's people. That's what I'm saying. For people like Chris Watts, who aren't like, yeah, they're not psychos, but they 
well, if we want to get on the subject I mean, of it, toxic it, it, masculinity, it's, it's it, an evolutionary thing. It happens. It it it, ev- it evolves to that. Yeah. Where it can, not always, but in the extreme case, yeah. You know what? You look at somebody like Chris Watts. Like, oh man, I'm in debt. I've been fighting with my wife. How am I going to support my kids and my wife? Damn, this girl wants me. Yeah, she's really hot. She's really young. She's. Uh, I can make it all. Yeah, uh, I can. I don't know work. Or maybe something. maybe maybe I can just start over with her. Yeah, exactly. Like that'll go I'm, away. Yeah, time is yeah. is erased, and I'm a young stud. And again. you know, day by day by day <laughs> by day by day, you have these thoughts in your head. I'm sure if you don't have some sort of creative outlet or therapeutic outlet or or, or something, you're just not in to, touch with those feelings. Yeah. It's okay to... Um, that can just bolster and, you know, then you end up sticking your wife into a shallow grave. Yeah, I mean, sure. Let's... Uh, going with personal stories here. I I fought Sarah in Super Smash Brothers recently. And, yeah. I, that can I, get ugly. That shit gets ugly. Anyway, she just got done whooping my ass time after time after time. And then I thought, okay, this time I'm going to get her. Bam. She just, like, perfects me. Like, basically, I didn't get her once. And in that moment, I just felt such white hot rage on the inside. <laughs> I felt so powerless, and I felt like I like I felt it. I felt it like a little ball, and I was like, "Oh, there it is." Let me identify with yeah. this real quick because I was playing Brittany in FIFA. <laughs> We're and, and I said, "You know, neither one of us has played in a long time." And recently, I just started playing again. That's so Brittany saw me playing one day, and she said, "Okay, let's let's get into it." So. Me being the type of guy I am, I said, all right, I have to tone down my skills because oh, right. I'm just, mm. she's just reacquiring the paddle now. Little did I know that she's just coming out full force, like, yeah, you know, like, it's right. just like riding Sorry, a bus. Yeah. How do you pass? How do you shoot? Oh, okay. I got this. Boom. Four games in a row. She whooped my ass. And I felt that white hot rage you felt. <laughs> And like I took a second, like because like I genuinely blood red man. I genuinely felt so pissed off. Yep. And I was like, I even talked to her about it. I was like, Well, that's good. Like no, like I, it. It sounds so morbid to joke about, especially in this cat. But fuck it, it's our podcast. I was like, you know, that's why dudes like hit their they hit the hit ladies because they feel that and they just have they can't. Yeah. They're like, oh, fuck it. They can't control it. And yeah. Like, like they just that's real that is like yeah that's, that's what that is <laughs> but you just have the control yeah and then you know the reality yeah. and the reason no, no, to sounds know threatening like i i have the like i'm potentially going to beat the shit it is for beating a scary me. thing to think about we yes. we're joking about it because it's not an issue i'm not gonna absolutely i, yeah. I i'm not in a million that, years but that's what's fascinating is because you can see that potential in yeah. yourself it's, it's hard to talk about that contradiction right and, like the chris watts contradiction i'll call it where it's like well no i'm i'm totally in touch and i'm fine and then fucking chris watts like but <laughs> calling that out i don't think i me personally i could i can get pretty angry yeah sometimes and Can't i, lash I, out I, I can anybody. lash out and i can really scare myself but i don't think i could ever get physically violent no i can say a lot of mean things and no. a lot of hurtful things and regret it for a long time yeah i think and i can really like damage relationships i've done it and i, I we all to can. This, I, this to this day i regret that but i could never get physically violent with anybody i i can't take anybody physically so it's not an issue anybody can just beat the shit out of me so i don't think that's true no. 
You're a goddamn Marine. Yeah, but we're just pussies. <laughs> no, you know what, though? Having a dog helps because anytime I do get, like, pissed off in the corner, he'll just, like, get low and look at me like he did something we wrong. We have to get... I mean, I know you mentioned Instagram and it's evil and all that shit, but uh, we have to get Kubrick on the Instagram. Feed. Yeah, yeah. But, like... Spread a little happiness in, <laughs> in the dark tale. But, hey, I... Shit, for me, for me, a dog helps. <laughs> I genuinely, like, the second he gets, like, freaked out that I'm getting mad, I'm like, oh, man, I don't want him to feel that. Yeah. You know, like, oh, poor puppy. He doesn't know why I'm pissed off. He's just like, oh, what's happening? Don't murder. Get a dog. Yeah. Or or if you feel like you're going to murder, maybe don't get a dog, actually. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, don't do that. Don't Save do, do, a do, life. Keep, do, do keep the puppies in the pound. <laughs> I don't know. I think that uh, I think we're going to wrap it up. Yeah, it was, it was a good episode. Yeah, we got to get back into the swing of things as always. It was a good welcome back. I know we didn't have any specific cases, but we've got a lot of them coming. Um, we got a, a real special one coming out. I yeah. don't know if it'll be next time or uh, in a couple of weeks, but we'll see what happens. You know, we're playing it by ear. Obviously, yeah. Don't expect a regular schedule when you're following a random person's fucking true crime podcast. What are you? What are you doing? Don't expect a lot from us. <laughs> you want free? But you know what? People do. Yeah, I, I've been getting expect. I've been getting questions on Twitter, like, "Hey, uh, you know that yeah, little episode like. you did way back when? Is that it? Because <laughs> I, I, I'm waiting for more over here. Yeah, I, I, I'm down here in Georgia, too. and I'm waiting for uh, another episode. What are you guys doing? Get Thank it together, you, random guy. Yeah, so we hear you out there. Thank you for all your support, and we're going to be coming at you uh, a, a, li- a lot more consistent from this point on if you have uh, any questions or thoughts or suggestions for us you can always hit us up on twitter at a dark tale pod you can email us at darktailpodcast at gmail.com and maybe suggest a hometown story or a personal story of your own you'd maybe like to share with the internet and uh and ourselves of course We'll try to build a little story for you. Yeah, we appreciate it. Any reviews? Five star, one star? Let us know if we don't sound enthusiastic enough for you yet, Janet, or whatever the hell her name was. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the feedback, Janet. Janet. No, really, thank you. No, really, yeah. <laughs> Rate us, review us, subscribe. All that stuff helps. Uh, we're still in the basement trying to get our feet off the ground. All right, well, we'll see you guys next time. And... Uh, Watch your backs. Evil could be anywhere. Oh, no.